0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're, we are thankful. We are thankful for all your goodness. We thank you, Father, for this nation that we can freely worship you. We thank you for your, your gift of your son. Who died for us we're just so thankful for all these things that you've blessed us with we thank you in Jesus name and I ask a blessing on this word this morning that that you speak through me that the words become alive and find the destination that they're intended to that they change lives we thank you that you are living and working in our lives in Jesus name amen all right let's turn to the book of Joshua uh, let's take a lesson from the book of Rick, and I'll turn off our cell phones. <laughs> of course, I'm guilty of it, too. At one of the men's meetings, I got a call in the middle of my preaching, and they wanted to know if I was done preaching yet, I, which I wasn't, obviously. I was still preaching. But anyhow, if you silence your phone, that way you... Uh, there was one business in town that if a cell phone went off during their sales meeting you had to sing, I'm a little teapot <laughs> to the whole group. So, uh, anyhow. All right. Book of Joshua. We're going to read uh, one through ver- verse 1 through verse 9. Chapter 1. Now it came after, I'm sorry, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to find the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and all this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall... For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. To do not turn from it from the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord God, your God, is with you wherever you go. That's a exceedingly great promise that God gave to to Joshua um, here recently we had vacation Bible school and I got to uh, represent Moses in the in the parts and in the Israeli history the Jewish history uh, Moses is one of the most revered prophets because of what a co- God accomplished in his life. so for God to come along and tell Joshua that he was going to be with Joshua just like he was with Moses was quite the statement Uh, we're going to take this apart kind of look at verse by verse in uh, verse 1 Joshua knew what was going on he wasn't new to this company or to this group he had been there from the beginning he was actually one of the uh, 12 spies that went into the land he was one of the two that came back with a positive report and not a negative report. Uh, so he knew what he was getting into. He, he knew how the people were, and, and uh, so he, he had some background to, to lean on. Uh, verse 1 says at the very end, he was Moses' servant. Uh, sometimes we don't, don't look at that, but uh, Joshua was in training. For many years before he was asked to take the lead. He was faithful. He spent 40 years helping. Can you imagine uh, hooking up with uh, Moses and wandering through the wilderness for 40 years and, and the best estimates are that there was over a million people um, in this group. So I'm sure there was lots of background work to do. There was lots of things that Moses wanted to have accomplished that weren't glorious, that weren't uh, you know, look at me, this is what I'm doing. It was more the the organizing and the and the getting things done, but he was faithful at it. Uh, as I was meditating on this and thinking about God, what do you what do you want me to say? Uh, the word faithful kept coming to me, um, and i 'm privileged to to work at this church in the um, greeter ushers uh, uh, area, and we have a lot of faithful workers in our group and it's it 's an honor and a, a privilege to to work with them and being faithful uh, can allow god to to use you um, brought to mind the story that Keith Moore was talking about he was i think at the time doing the prayer and healing school at Rama and he wanted, you know, to see more results. He wanted to see people uh, blessed and healed. And, and he was um, asking God, God, we need, I need more anointing. We, we need more anointing. And uh, he'd been praying that way for a while. And, and one day, right as there, he was getting ready to go out and, and do the, the service, uh, he said, God, give me more anointing. And, and God said, be faithful. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a Good subject. I'll have to do some research on that. But right now what we need is more anointing. And uh, he heard it, God say faithfulness. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't correlate the two. But being faithful will allow God to work more mightily in our lives because we know uh, or he'll know what we're, what, we're, what we're up to, what we're doing, and that we're going to be faithful to carry out the tasks that he asks us to do. Uh, you 've also heard it before, and I wish I had a hundred dollars every time it was said at Rama that ministry is w o r k it 's work, it's work. Um, i don 't know how many hours were spent setting up vacation Bible school for the or it had a different name, but it was vacation Bible school uh, the summer series you know how many hours were spent in prepping and maybe those those people that prepped weren't even able to come and see the kids enjoy the services or, or, you know, maybe their work took them away, but they were here to help and they were here to set up. Uh, each day as, as uh, Moses, you know, did different things, there were things that were prepped for him and, and ready to go, and that's because somebody else took it upon themselves to do the W-O-R-K, to do the work. Um, You know, sometimes when people come and ask you for uh, an opportunity, uh, or give you an opportunity, um, don't be surprised if that opportunity doesn't include work, because that's what it takes to get things done, you know. Uh, So you can delegate authority, but with that comes the ability to to not only know uh, what needs to be done, but also be willing to do it yourself. So he was one of the the positive spies, if you want to call him that, one or two. And uh, he had been in training for a long time. Uh, The Lord was working on Joshua a long time before he got tapped on the shoulder and said, I want you to lead. Uh, So the Lord had Joshua in a spot. And I'm sure Joshua, from time to time, might have thought to himself, How much longer are we going to wander around this wilderness? How much longer am I going to be in this, you know, position? And when are we going to get there? You heard that if you're traveling on vacation with kids. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? So verse 2 says uh, that Moses is is now dead. Uh, And so God says, therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. So this is Joshua's uh, vision statement, if you would. If somebody said, well, Joshua, what are you going to do now? He says, I'm going to get all these people across the Jordan and we're going to go in and we're going to uh, drive out the inhabitants of the land and we're going to possess the land on the other side of the Jordan. Uh, Moses is gone um, and therefore arise and go. Did you ever think what Joshua's ministry would have looked like if moses hadn't have gotten uh, angry and missed god and if god would have allowed moses to lead the people into the promised land joshua's ministry probably would have looked a lot different Uh, same thing with david and saul if saul had Saul was anointed king if he hadn't missed god um, david's ministry probably would have been a lot looked a lot different so sometimes it's not that it's um I guess God has somebody in the in the background ready and willing and able to take over wherever we uh, leave off uh, Moses and Joshua each had a part to play in God's work. it changed because of of what they did, but they each had their own part and thing you should look at this and and realize is that God's plan goes on it doesn't uh it does sometimes you know we we look at people. We, we live a short time on this earth and we want to see everything done in our lifetime, but God's a long-term planner. He's never caught by surprise. Um, he knows what's going on. Uh, somebody uh, compared God as being a long-distance track runner rather than a sprinter. Uh, we, we have a tendency to sprint. So let's look at Joshua uh, uh, verse 3. It says, every place which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as as I spoke to Moses. So Joshua had to do something. He just couldn't say, okay, we're going to go over there. He had to actually go with them and walk it out. He had to step into the land of, of Canaan, into the promised land, walk in and take the land. It sounds familiar what God's asked us to do, is to walk out our salvation and do and do His plan. The will of God may not just fall off uh, into our into our laps. And I've heard it re- referred to like uh, you know ripe grapes just fall into your lap. And uh, there's there's work involved. We may have to do something to receive it. Uh, we look at this church now, and you know we're all blessed by it. But this isn't what it looked like seven years ago. You know, and there was lots of work that went to be here and to enjoy this facility and to enjoy this congregation and It's a blessing of the Lord, but it also represents a lot of hard work and a lot of prayer and a lot of seeking God and working and walking it out and Sometimes when we think about the will of God coming uh, about in our lives, we don't want to look at that particular aspect we just we just want it to happen um, the bewitched that twiddled her nose and, you know, everything changed. I mean, hey, that'd be something, wouldn't it? But uh, it's not, it's not reality. Verse, Verse four, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. So God gave them a particular territory and, and border. Uh, this area wasn't fully occupied until 430 years later during the, the reign of King David. Uh, so, you know, somebody could say, well, did Joshua miss it? Or, you know, well, don't know. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he. they should have expanded further. Got to remember, I think it was two and a half tribes decided to stay on the other side of the Jordan had they uh, gone over the Jordan maybe they would have occupied all that land sooner but it could be that God was giving them a long-term goal it could be God was this was a twofold prophecy for the immediate future and for the the people that were yet to yet to come God's plans are long term he's not in a hurry uh, he does he, he doesn't have to play catch-up so he doesn't get caught off guard he knew um, what he was asking Joshua to do. It's interesting, I, I uh, looked up the Hittites, and the Hittites were a, a band of people that until 1870, there was no other record of them other than the Bible. So, you know, the Bible is one of the most scrutinized books in the, in the world. Everybody has tried to disprove it, and... You know, up until 1870, when an archaeologist found some tablets that included, you know, the mention of Hittites, the Bible is the only thing that talked about them. Uh, we can confidently rest assured that what's in this what's in this word uh, will will prove out. It will archaeology and science will prove the Bible to be true. Uh, <clears throat> He talks about in verse 4 from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon. So apparently part of this land wasn't toiled, uh, it wasn't ready to uh, plant seeds or to produce a harvest. It sounds like it was wilderness, so wilderness probably needed some taming, probably needed some plowing, maybe some trees cut down and some stumps pulled out of the ground and and to get some of that land ready. So not always will everything be ready to go, but God gives us the ability to turn those things and bring them into and and work with them to make them usable. Verse 5 says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. And I will not fail you or forsake you. That's a like I mentioned earlier. That's a pretty strong promise because up until this point, uh, Moses is probably the leader that's done the most with the with the Jewish people. He's recognized for getting them out of the land of Egypt. The Lord worked miracles of the plagues through him. Uh, they saw Pharaoh's army destroyed. Uh, great things happened under Moses. For, so for God to come along and say, I'm going to do the same thing with you that I did with Moses uh, would be a great reassurance. But this promise was conditional uh, on Joshua and the people obeying the law. Let's look at Joshua 7, 11. you ever have 7 up here yeah. yeah okay one okay <laughs> they're popular in colorado so sorry so joshua 7 verse 11 through 12 israel had sinned and they have transgressed my covenant which i commanded them and they have taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived Moreover, they have put, put them among their own things." So what's happened is a, is a, a group of, of the, in the tribe of, uh, in Israel had taken some idols and were um, worshiping idol, this, these foreign idols in the camp. And of course, that was against the, the laws of Moses and, and the laws of God. And because of that, they brought a curse upon the entire uh, army of Israel. When they went into battle in front of the men of Ai, they lost. So all of a sudden Joshua looks at this promise. He says, no man will be able to stand before you. I'm sure he he goes, hey, God, what what happened here? You know, you told me that we are going to be undefeatable. And, you know, early on in this uh, military campaign, we fight people that we should have easily won. And we turned neck, which means... Turn, and run, you know, get out of here. Um, so the Israelites ran before a, a smaller army uh, that they should have been easily able to take. So um, Joshua had to seek God and find out what happened. And that's what God told him. Is he said, there's people in your group that are uh, worshiping a, another, another God, another king. And they're not making me first place in their lives. Our promises are con- conditional also by grace through faith. So to receive salvation, you had to accept the free gift of God, which is grace. He just g- is giving it to you, but you reached out and grabbed it by believing and using faith to, to extend that. Let's go over to Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. You know, the promises that we have in the new covenant come to us through this same method healing, prosperity. All the promises of God are, are given to us. God's done everything He's going to do. We just need to reach out in faith and believe and and receive those things. Titus 2.11 says, God's grace is towards all men, but just like a, a plea bargain, uh, it's presented but it has to be accepted. Uh, remember when I was in work going, doing Bible study in the prison, one of the participants came to me afterwards and sa- said, they're offering me a plea bargain, I've got to plead guilty to a felony that I didn't do. But other than that it, it 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 takes care of everything that you know i 'd be out of here basically back home uh, with my family and and i 'm like you know i 'm not going to recommend anybody uh, unless I hear from god i 'm not going to give anybody advice on that uh, so I told him I, I said you know you need to you need to pray about that because uh, you know a felony that you didn't commit following you you know is 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 something you need to think about and pray about and uh I remember it was a couple of weeks later, he came to me, and he, he said, they, they I, I, I didn't accept that one. I never did anything, never told him yes or no. They came to me with a better one that was a you know a misdemeanor, and I accepted that one. And I said, you know, praise God. But the point is you have to be accepted just because it isn't offered. God offers his grace to everyone, yet we know that unfortunately not everybody will accept that. Um, Faith is our positive response to what he has done. So we hear about what he has done for us uh, and we take that step and we say, yes, I I believe that. I want that in my life. Let's go back over to Joshua. One thing about phones, you can't wear out the pages. (laughs) I wish there was a quick like a quick return on the Bible app if you're going back and forth between but if there is I don't know about it so okay verse 6 Joshua had had a part uh, he had to stay strong and of good courage be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them so Joshua is, is the one that's going to be strong he's going to be courageous And through being strong and courageous and following God, the people are going to receive the promise that they were uh, entitled to and that God had sworn to generations before to give to them. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God. Let's go over there real quick. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his, in his sorry who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. God's goal for us is, is goodness on every hand. He wants us to inherit the good land. He wants us to be blessed. And we, we have to encourage ourselves. Uh, something in the faith walk has to click at a certain time in, in your maturity where you're no longer dependent on other people to encourage you. You've got to be able to encourage yourself. You have to have that strength within you that you can draw from. Uh, I remember here, oh, it's been a couple of years ago, when we were still doing the Sunday night refresh meetings. Uh, and... We had a great meeting. I went home thinking, you know, I was kind of on a spiritual high, and this is great. And there's, you know, there's more money in the in the bank than there are bills, and everything's looking good, and you know, praise God. And then got up next morning, and you know, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing had changed physically, right? But the feeling was was totally different. You can't go by feelings. We we listened to uh, Rick last couple of weeks has been talking about our identity and it isn't based on feelings, it's based on facts uh, and not on circumstances. We can't allow circumstances to, to uh, line out what we do and what we don't do. Some people feel like if everything's going good, they've got to be on the will of God. And if nothing's going good, they're, they've missed God. That's not necessarily true on either hand. Um, you know, we, we believe that when we're following God that we'll inherit the goodness of, of the land, and, and we do, and we will, but it, not every step of the way may be uh, smooth, and there may be some things that we have to work through. There may be some resistance that we have to hinder. Uh, really, if we're doing our job, we're disrupting a natural kingdom on this earth, and we should expect that the the that kingdom doesn't want to be uh, disrupted. That kingdom is going to resist us uh, so that w- people don't see the goodness and the glory of God in us. Um, but we need to know that we can't be led by feelings and we can't be led by circumstances. We've got to be led by what God says. Uh, just like that young man heard, you know, I told him, I said, don't make a decision until you know, you know, because uh, that's, a, that's a decision that's going to change your life. Uh, long-term guess where we're going back to Joshua (laughs) I guess I could have put a bookmarker there but and then in verse 7 only be strong and very courageous so apparently being strong and courageous was not enough God says to be very courageous uh, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. So God's not only saying to be strong and be courageous, but he's also saying you need to abide by my words. And how much more important is it that we abide by his words? We need to observe to do and turn not. You know, this uh, society that we're Uh, living in right now is doing everything it can to turn what has been uh, accepted and uh, the foundation of this nation and trying to turn it and saying it's it's not important, it doesn't matter, uh, what you feel is more important. So we need to be careful that we don't turn away from God's word, that we keep it uh, as the foundation for our lives. We have a part to play. God's word keeps us focused and on the right things, God's word m- makes us prosperous. Um, you know, God's word says that that we should spend time thinking about things that are good, and pure, and holy, and peaceful. And we should spend time thinking of that. We shouldn't be. Uh, our lives shouldn't be saturated with bad news. Uh, I know if you turn on your phone, you know, have apps that they, all these different things are going on, and, and that may be true, but we need to spend time realizing that the, the goodness of God brings people to, to uh, salvation, that God is good, and we have to follow God's Word in our lives. Uh, don't turn. Turn uh, is to affect or alter the function of. So don't allow life circumstances to turn God's word in your life. Allow God's word to function and to uh, bring about and not to be altered its its destination in in you. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all written in it. For th- then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Uh, I looked up a couple of different versions. Um, if you're reading in King James, uh, a lot of times you is, is thou or thee. Uh, but you, in this version, is used six times. Uh, it, this is the New American Standard Bible. So apparently, what we do is pretty important uh, to bring this about. So we need to meditate on it day and night. Uh, You know, we've talked about um, not only you know reading your Bible. uh, We have a the church goes through a, a a reading plan every day, and to. Why are, why are we doing that? To put the Word of God in front of us so we can have things to think about. Sometimes I'll read a verse and, and I'll just have a, later on in the day, I'll have a thought on that, on that particular verse. Uh, we need to have that in front of us. We need to listen to praise and worship. Um, I like listening to praise and worship when I'm driving. also like listening to teaching tapes when I'm driving. I like driving, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but this verse is telling us that you, we, each have a part to play. This isn't just going to happen, but we need to take it upon ourselves to bring it, to bring it about. We need, and you know, the word meditate has gotten uh, some bad connotations in the Christian world because we think of far eastern religions and meditating. But meditating is, is really to think about it, something over and over and over and mull about it and think about it forward and backwards and, and uh, to just, how does this uh, apply in my life? How does this work? God's words produces action. Faith without action is dead. We know, according to James 2.20, that if we never do anything, uh, we may say we have faith, but our faith is dormant and it's not active. Joshua verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. That's a good, good promise, isn't it? We have one similar. We have one in Hebrews 13, 5. The Lord will never leave us or forsake us. So everything that the Old Testament has, we have it plus more. Uh, two things to do. Be strong and courageous. Two things not to do. Be, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. Being strong is, is the opposite of fear. You ever notice that fear is, um, if you have a fear of something, it's likely that it'll never come true in the capacity that you think about it. Um, You know, 90% of what you are dreading usually doesn't come true. Uh, Fear is the lie, is a lie about the future. Uh, I was sharing with the men's group when I was getting ready to go to Ethiopia the first time, there was uh, several people that uh, weren't really excited about me going. One of them was my mom. Uh, (laughs) and I'd gone down to uh, get a passport and I thought I had all the information but I didn't know where my dad, what city my dad was born in so I had to call her from the From the post office while I was filling out this application, and break the news to her that you know I was going to go to Africa to to on a missions trip, and she wanted to know everything, and I just needed to know the city that my mom was born, my dad was born in, and uh, it was pretty hilarious. The the lady that was helping me fill out this app was having a good chuckle about it, and I'm like, Mom, I'll tell you all about it later, you know, but right now just where was Dad born? (laughs) So, but, you know, she was apprehensive of me going. I had a couple of friends that told me, that, that I don't want you to go. And I'm like, well, why not? Well, you might might get sick and die or something. I'm, I'm like, you know, if you live that way, you're never really living. Uh, it's, it's been said that you can't live until you're ready to die. And, and that doesn't mean we throw away our lives or we, we think of our lives as, as not important, um, but if we're going to allow fear to rule and reign over us, uh, we're probably going to find enough reasons not to do anything. Um, I was sharing with the men's group, you know, there's people that are afraid of spiders and afraid of heights and they're afraid of going outside. They're afraid of breathing, you know, those germs and stuff in the in the air. They have all these fears. Uh, you know, great. If If I couldn't, uh, conquer my enemy if I could incapacitate him and keep him in a very small area I'd be happy with that and that's the second best thing is you know is the wiping him off the face of the earth our enemy looks at us that way if he can't get us to you know um, completely uh, walk away from from our beliefs and, and walk away from God he'll be happy with siling, silencing us or making it so that our area of effect is, is very very small um, the word dismayed uh, is filled with dread or apprehension. So, basically fear in another, in another name. Um, Joshua had his assignment, and we have ours. Uh, we talked about our assignment a couple of months ago. It's found in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. And the word, dis- the word disciples is, uh, you know, teach them to follow these uh, these sayings teach them to observe all that I have commanded you look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 10 and 11 and Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying pass through the midst of the camp and command the people saying prepare provisions for yourself prepare we're going prepare we're going to be leaving here. Now, I don't know what that means in a in a nomad uh, type of society where they travel. Uh, if they started, you know, if there were things that they had to wait till the last minute to pack, but anything that could be packed and, and gotten ready ahead of time, uh, it was now getting ready because he he told them to have three days, and then we will be we will be going across this Jordan. That's what we should be doing: is we should be preparing. Joshua prepared the people for the, the, his vision, the promised land. Are you preparing for your vision? Uh, we have been given such a wonderful gift. I was reading in, I think it was a, one of our daily readings in Colossians 2.13. Uh, and it says, he made you alive. You're forgiven. Let's go over there and look at it real quick. You know, there's nothing more important than reading the Word of God. There's nothing I could say that would be more important than putting your eyes and seeing what God has to say. Colossians 2.13 And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Abbreviated um, translation, when you were a sinner and lost. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. And then verse 14, having canceled out the debt, the certificate of the debt consisting of decrees against us and was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. How can we have such a great and wonderful blessing and not want to share it with other people? You know, uh, that's something that... um, I think we should remind ourselves of continually. When we're having the worst day, you know, when the lawnmower doesn't want to start or something's going on, we're having to, you know, we're like, God, you still love me. I'm still saved. You know, your blessings are so good to me. Uh, We've been given a wonderful gift. How can we not share the good news? So, sometimes it... uh, I know Pastor talked about one time when he, when he was out uh, soul winning or uh, preaching that he went to a gentleman. And if I get the story wrong, correct me. He went to a gentleman and started talking, and the guy said, "No, I'm not interested. But go over there and talk to that guy." And you know, Pastor went over and talked to that gentleman, and he accepted. If I okay, yeah, he accepted uh, and was born again. And sometimes that's great and wonderful. You know that people say, "Well, you know, you're just wasting your time on me." But I'm glad that that people didn't waste their time on me. You know I'm glad that when uh, I was uh, backslidden and I was working construction I just walked into a house we did about three to four houses a day uh, in this job that we were doing and I walked into this house and I was looking around I turned around there's a guy standing in front of me with the new uh, Gideon little test New Testament Bibles and he he said God told me to tell you this and he, he read a, a verse out of out of John I don't remember what the verse was um, but what I do remember even though I wasn't really pleased about it, I remember God saying through that, I still love you. I still, you know, you're still important. To me. I haven't given up on you. You know, I may not have appreciated it at the moment, but God was reaching out to me and saying, hey, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't I haven't left you. I'm not going to leave you alone. Um, you know, God still loves me. So sometimes when we uh, when we talk about Uh, sharing our faith either at work or, you know, I know like we've got a trip planned to Lewistown where we will probably be opportunities to share the gospel with people. But sometimes people say, well, I don't want to cast my my pearls before the swine. Uh, That's found in Matthew 7, 6. I guess my thought is a a good fisherman doesn't allow the fish to take the bait without taking the hook. You know, tie those pearls onto that hook a little tighter so <laughs> so they don't fall off. But there are people that aren't going to accept the Lord and you know, we don't want to we don't want to um l- uh present the things of God lightly. Uh so I understand that. But there's been times that I've gotten into conversations with people and uh those conversations have, have led to um, me being able to share my beliefs with them, uh, allowed us to have long-term discussion. Uh, a lot, because other people heard this discussion going on, they brought out questions. Uh, I've shared with you about the the gal at work that came up to me and asked me to explain the Trinity to her in three words or less, you know. (laughs) But that came about because I had entered into a long-term discussion with one of the guys in my lab and he looked at Christianity as a religion just like Buddhism or a Muslim or and it was just a religion and he had taken the supernatural completely out of, out of uh, Christianity. If you just look at Christianity on paper, you know, we have a book, we have a leader, we have a set of beliefs that we do and it's really easy just to say, well, that's, you know, just one other. But wait a minute, when you enter in the supernatural, when God enters in and you say, you know, our leader, Jesus Christ, is not a human born of a man. He was born of the Holy Spirit through a woman, and his blood wasn't the blood of, of Adam. He is a new creation, and we are a new creation when we become born again. Now you've entered in the supernatural. Some people go, I, I, can't, I can't believe that. Um, so we believe that he was born of a virgin. We believe that he led a sinless life. You know, So we have these things that, that we believe that are in our uh, in the basics of Christianity that the, if you take out the supernatural, you just have a religion. But when you inject the supernatural, when you inject the, the Holy spirit and the working of God in our lives and in the lives of Jesus, you've got life changing power. You've got something that can set the a- addicts free. Um, you know, we've got multiple people, including myself that can testify, testify to that. He can change lives. Uh, and there's, uh, there's, I wasn't going to get to this, but I, I, I'm going to say it. There's nothing that, um, that man can do that God can't take care of. There's no sin. Uh, some people, you know, uh, say, well, don't pray for me. Pray for my kids because uh, what I've done is so horrible God could never for- forgive me. You're wrong. You don't know what the power of the blood of Jesus can do. Uh, there 's power in that blood, and it's life changing and he 'll never give up on you. Uh, you have the right to make your decision, but he won't give up on you he'll keep calling you he'll keep um, inviting you he'll keep reaching out to you because he loves you and he cares about you um, We need to be uh, put ourselves in position where we put that in, in front of us, in, in front of people that we work with. I remember uh, one of the first things that started this was in 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere like that. Corporations were going around during Christmas season and saying, uh, we don't want an- you answering the phone with Merry Christmas anymore. We want uh, happy holidays. We don't want to offend anybody. Well, wait a minute. Some of the things that you like in your employee are because they're a Christian. They're honest, they're hardworking, they're reliable, they care about what they're doing. Those things you like, but you don't don't want to allow them to say Merry Christmas um, over the phone when they they answer it. Because you're afraid afraid you're going to offend somebody? No, you can't have both. If you if you're gonna if you want me as an employee uh, because of my integrity and my honesty and and my work cabinets and, and my care about what I'm doing, you're also gonna get me talking about Jesus when I, you know, in that simple form. And that's what kind of started it for me. And it, it it's it's getting to where there's a, a line being drawn in the sand. Uh, I was gonna bring a black marker, but I didn't think you'd want me, <laughs> marking on the on the carpet, There's getting a line and that line is getting more entrenched uh, of what God says and what man says and we need to be able to pick and choose. Um, we need to pick which one we're going to stand with and, and not allow the world to, uh, to deviate that um, because the Word of God is, is really what makes our, um, our religion, our Christianity alive and powerful and life-changing. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share and talk about your goodness and how much you care for us. We thank you, Father, that uh, if there are those that are listening on the internet, uh, that they come to an understanding that Jesus loves them, and all they have to do is ask you into their heart. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.